This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be discussing a little bit more of a heavy topic. Being that the month of May is about mental health awareness, I did want to take an episode to discuss anxiety, depression, and stress, as well as the effects of technology, how that's affecting it, and how we can combat this. I know that there's rising statistics, which I'll get into a little bit later with teens and young adults as far as depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts and tendencies, and actually taking out those measures. And it's a really, really serious issue that I feel like there are several things that are contributing to it. There's actually a multitude of variables that are contributing to it, but there are also quite a few solutions that we can look into. Part of the issue, I feel like, with social media is that a lot of people are living dual lives. And when we look at the development of the human brain from an evolutionary perspective, human beings weren't necessarily designed for social media. We're really meant to be in interacting you know, circumstances with other human beings in nature, in um, professional settings to an extent, some could argue. But we are built for connection in a physical level interacting with people. And social media has replaced a lot of that. And many would argue that it's impaired social interactions to a great extent. And even though some would argue that we're more connected than ever, it's leading people to be a lot more isolated than ever. Instead of seeing a full picture, we only see snippets and very isolated images of other people's lives. They, we only see what people show us, and it's not really the full picture of what's going on, yet people make judgments about other people's lives as if those snippets are the full picture. Now, when I was growing up, I did not have any experience of any type of suicidal thoughts, any type of depression, or any major anxiety. I grew up being that I was performing on stage as a dancer on a regular basis, and some of that anxiety I had to get over from a very young age, and it wasn't something that it really affected me that much when it came to school presentations or giving speeches or doing performances. It was not something that I really got anxiety about. I got more excited about it and really enjoyed doing those types of things. However, when I entered into college and probably the later part of my college, um, junior and senior year, I started to feel some symptoms that I attribute to depression. And it was a little bit difficult to navigate. I feel like this was my experience. And because my parents, my family had never really seen me get into that type of a state, I was dealing with issues regarding growing up, different interpersonal issues, relationship things, being in a new environment as far as school, and taking on certain challenges that I had never faced before, having a very, very packed schedule. These were things that I hadn't really faced before, and I hadn't really anticipated that, even though I had a very strong 
yoga practice, daily practicing yoga, even though I had really many outlets for self-expression through dance, I had friends, I had my health, I was eating vegan and mainly raw at the time, you know, someone would look at me and they would never really think that I was dealing with these these things. And what I do have to say is that depression, anxiety, stress, mental health um, issues or problems, they don't discriminate. It doesn't matter how much money you have, how much of a picture of health you are, what your spiritual spiritual beliefs are, what diet you have, where you come from. It really doesn't matter. You know, mental health issues do not discriminate when it comes to this. And there are people of all walks of life that can be dealing with a huge internal battle that you would never think are dealing with these things. So I think having the exposure to that was very eye-opening because I grew up being really strong-willed, not really taking things um, too hard on myself. You know, I had a lot of good people around me and I was getting a lot of constructive criticism from people around me. So I felt like I had people that cared about me and I was able to differentiate just people being rude or mean or being hateful towards me versus people being constructive with me and being able to use that to my advantage to grow. Um, However, it was difficult for my family to see me kind of Um, go into sometimes these periods of isolation or confusion, really. A lot of it I just contribute it to being confused about these situations and and not being able to really navigate these emotions with a high degree of efficiency. I didn't really have the tools to navigate the situation. And the truth of the matter is not too many... um, students or people or schools really equip the youth with these things. And even though you may not go through certain things or you may go through certain things uh, when you're younger, I don't doubt that there were children that I was growing up with that were dealing with high levels of anxiety and depression and might have been masking it in similar ways to how many students and children these days are going to mask their um, different things that they're dealing with. And it can be really uncomfortable and really difficult to navigate because there is still so much of a stigma around it. So I have to say, for me personally, reaching out, getting whatever help that I needed, researching these things, um, finding my way through it, not judging myself as I did get through these times was one of the most rewarding things that I could do for myself and I do feel stronger at the point that I am now compared to where I was in the beginning where it was all kind of more confusing um and it is never something that I anticipated that I would deal with so even if you don't have experience with high levels of anxiety or depression or stress there may be someone in your life that is experiencing that and I hope that some of the things that I share in this episode may shed some light on that and may allow you to have a bit more compassion or understanding or be a better friend, mother, father, sibling, um, friend to whoever is dealing with this potentially in your life and just be somebody who can be supportive or at the very least not make the situation 
worse than it already is. So anxiety and depression are very prominent and things that are on the rise. And many could contribute or say contributing factors would be technology and social media use have definitely bumped it up a notch. It's really questionable as to whether humans have truly evolved to have these forms of technology in our midst and how that's affecting our brain, how it's affecting our hormones, how it's affecting our stress levels. There's still a lot of research being done on this, and I think it's one of those things where only time will tell, but from the research that already has been conducted, there are some results that we can gather. You know, in using these tools, how can we navigate a range of emotions with more of a spectrum type of approach to counterbalance this stress that many people experience? Now, Combined with unfortunate amounts of abuse, bullying, violence, ignorance, and hate, there are a lot of contributing factors towards not being able to cope with certain different emotions. And, you know, some of these things, you know, including unrealistic standards of perfection and perceived happiness that's constantly projected out on social media of people putting images out there that are very unrealistic very unattainable, and even a lot of um, photoshopped images, images of people having things altered to their body, mainly I think a lot of things that I see, it's not necessarily good or bad, but I think it does indicate where people's insecurities can lie. And I think when I, you know, tend to if ever go on social media and I'm looking on, for example, the explore page of my Instagram feed, and I'll see a lot of the same images tend to pop up. A lot of women that have had, or even young girls that have had the same types of alterations done to their face. Um, Enhancements of varying kinds. And I think it does show that This is something that there is an insecurity about that they had fixed, noticeably had fixed. So it doesn't necessarily mean that that insecurity is not there. It just has been dealt with in a certain way from my perspective. It doesn't mean that that person is any less insecure than someone else who has not had that done to themselves. But it does mean that that is a kind of a constant that is happening in the society is that people are feeling inadequate and they're feeling the need to get things done to themselves cosmetically to enhance whatever their appearance is. And for some people that can be a really positive step. And for others, it doesn't really mean anything very significant other than that's just something that they wanted to do. However, many would argue that with a rampant amount of cosmetic procedures being done at a younger and younger age, that it is contributing to these businesses profiting off the insecurities of young women. And we'll get into the statistics of women's compared to men's levels of anxiety and depression in a little bit. But it is something that um, is definitely to the point that it's very noticeable. 
technology is really being used in a way which contributes, in my opinion, to this issue more so than it's really helping. And although there are a lot of resources and tools out there discussing mental health, discussing anxiety and depression, discussing resources for how one can help themselves or a friend or somebody get through a point of a lack of self-acceptance or what have you, there's still a lot of work to be done. So although technology is a contributing factor towards anxiety and depression and stress, these things are definitely on the rise, especially when it comes to youth. There are solutions and resources available. And rather than it being a matter that is joked about, which I feel like with youth that I've come across and that I work with on a day-in and day-out basis from things that I hear in passing or things that um, I hear that my students may discuss with me from time to time in passing, not necessarily while I'm working with them, about their friends talking about certain things or joking about wanting to die, joking about being you know, having thoughts of suicide, being really depressed. These things are not a joking matter. They're really, really serious. And I do believe that they should be taken seriously. Because if someone's joking about it, I don't think that it's just not something that they haven't really considered and they may just be really uncomfortable about asking for help. Mental health really does need to be taken seriously because there are a lot of different things that can span from it not being taken care of. Now, the first thing I want to touch on is anxiety. And anxiety can be classified as an unpleasant state of inner turmoil, nervous behavior, somatic complaints, and rumination. Now, when it comes to somatic complaints, I know that... The time in my life where I experienced the most intense level of anxiety, which I'd never experienced before, spanned across a few weeks when I was going through one of the most stressful times of my life with a lot of uncertainty, a lot of changing variables, and it literally felt like my skin was on fire for two weeks. My adrenal glands were in overload. I was in such a state of just really, really high alert, pretty much. I was very, very on edge, and it was not comfortable. And for anybody who's dealing with chronic anxiety, I really, really, my heart goes out to you because I know it's not easy to deal with. I'm very thankful that at least I had tools as far as different breathing techniques, different exercise mechanisms that I could use to get through it and kind of knew some different things to help myself. Nonetheless, it was really, really difficult to get through. Now, nearly one in three adolescents, or about 31.9%, will meet the criteria for an anxiety disorder before the age of 18. And social media is a contributor as well as a distraction to this. And, you know, from what I hear from kids these days is that there is a large use of cannabis, especially in California, now that it's been legalized, it's a lot more easy to access. And many kids in middle school and high school either use a jewel or a vape to um, ingest or smoke cannabis 
or vape cannabis. And um, it's used as a form of coping, whereas, you know, they could be putting other tools in place as far as different mental health precautions, measures, maybe be talking to a therapist, maybe be talking in a support group or with a friend about these issues and really working through to the core of the issue and helping reach a solution to combat whatever type of anxiety or negative thoughts they're dealing with or actually just find a solution to whatever's going on rather than just suppress it, mask it, and medicate it. Now, high school students are twice as likely to see mental health professionals now versus the 1980s. A lot more teenage students are dealing with high levels of anxiety in regards to what's expected of them. And when you are having this dual virtual slash real life, there's a lot to keep up with depending on how you want to use this. A lot of students see prominent figures on social media that they're very attracted to and feel like they have so much going for them. And they're like, oh, like I want the fame. I want to be noticed. And a lot of people can contribute the likes and the follows and the comments and the attention that they will get in social media as just as gratifying as it would be in real life. Now, for me personally, I probably receive a lot more interaction that's positive offline than I do online. However, at this point, my online interaction with people is positive, but I'm thankful that I am able to have positive interactions with people beyond just the online realm and that there is more of that in my life than it is more online. And I think that's not really the case for most people. It does say something about the time that I was born. I'm a 90s child. So I grew up when we didn't have social media in middle school and and too much in high school. There was MySpace and Facebook was just coming out when I was in high school. But, um, you know, we really, I grew up in a time where we were still kind of, um, we didn't even really have smartphones yet. So it was just a different generation. And I feel like there was a different level of interaction. Now, it is more prevalent for girls to boys about two to one to be at risk for mental health issues. And one of the main issues that kind of draws up a red flag for me is the eating disorders. Now, being that I have been in the performing arts industry for a very long time, there are a lot of different ways in which I've seen eating disorders become more prominent um, with young women at that age and how it can affect them years, years into their adulthood, even until the point where they are parents and they are having children of their own and it's still something that's affecting them. Now, there still is a really high stigma around anxiety and it's, I feel like not because not a lot of adequate tools are available for youth. I do wish that there was more programs available in schools in regards to some type of a support group. You know, I do think that things that would really help would be things along the lines of conflict resolution, skills, really getting involved in practices that are self-worth building because I feel like when a lot of, you know, young people look or people in general look on social media, it can contribute to a lot of depression 
they end up comparing their life to another person and seeing somebody else has something that they don't have and thinking that they need that. And that can affect them in a really, really negative way. But when you're building self-worth from the inside out and really celebrating the gifts that you have and you're able to be in an environment or have friends that are also supporting that about you, it can be really, really important. Um, As far as tools when it comes to combating negative thoughts and habits, that's really important. Teaching tools of meditation or how to de-escalate one's thoughts um, instead of letting things build and build and build and get really out of hand how can we create supportive environments as far as being involved in a community of people that are really actually supportive now sometimes people go towards things like different spiritual groups church groups volunteer groups this type of thing but i really do feel like there should be some groups like strongly dedicated towards raising awareness about mental health And getting to the root of these issues and helping people find solutions, whether they're more licensed therapists on high school campuses, there's more counseling services, or there's just a better education as far as basic level tools. One of the things that I have found very useful and have found to be very helpful is the use of cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavioral therapy in regards to really combating negative thinking, seeing the thoughts, being able to address that and challenge the thoughts, and then kind of choose a different path. Going on to depression, depression is really more of a persistent sadness or loss of interest in the things that you're doing. It can be a lack of motivation or a major change in appetite just some of the warning signs that you can find in people if they have had a lack of motivation, um, a major change in appetite or activity levels. If you find that someone you know or you are isolating yourself more or getting involved in different forms of substance abuse or just negative habits. I feel like a huge source of um, the problem when it comes to or that it contributes to depression is the the social comparison aspect. It is a huge contributing factor. Um, it can lead people down a path of self-worthlessness because they see, again, something that someone else has that they don't have that can make them feel really insecure about themselves. Maybe that person looks different than they do or their body looks different than theirs or they have certain things as far as different amounts of money or notoriety than another person and so they may perceive that person as better than them or whatever and this isn't the case you know i think one of the quotes that really sticks with me or it is along these lines is that a wise person is unaffected by praise or criticism it's like whether you're complimented or you're put down by somebody, you learn to be immune to either one. Because what another person thinks of you says a lot more about themselves than it does about you. 
And what really matters at the end of the day is how you feel about yourself and what you think about yourself and that you're making decisions and actions from a place of you wanting to do it for yourself, not for anyone else. And when we get in this social comparison mode, that can be really dangerous. Gratitude's a really strong practice that I feel like can combat depression. I feel like you can be practicing gratitude on a really regular basis and still feel depressed and still feel sad. I've heard some people say like you can't be grateful and depressed at the same time. I think that it is possible to feel both of those things. And that might be a nice thought for someone to think like, oh, if you're just grateful enough, then you're not going to be sad. You know, I think if you are feeling depressed, that it's okay. You can still choose to be grateful for things. And it doesn't mean that you're not grateful enough if you're still feeling levels of depression. It's important to work through that, find the root of what's causing it. Because there isn't always just a simple answer. There's a lot of different variables that could be contributing to you feeling a certain way in your life. And it can be really difficult to navigate. And it can be very isolating if you're not reaching out for help, if you don't have anybody to talk to, if there is no kind of spiritual practice in your life that you're keeping, or you're not really using different kinds of grounding techniques to get through these different mental challenges that you're dealing with on a very internal level. I do think where you can take the practices of gratitude to another level is when you're actually practicing gratitude with friends, family, you're journaling about it, and making it more than a personal exercise. Maybe if you talk to a friend every day or you talk to your parent every day, if it's applicable and people are open-minded to it, You can ask the question of what are you grateful for? Maybe one person or the other can choose like three things that they're grateful for in that moment for that day and you can just discuss it amongst each other and find some answers that will bring you both some peace or just take some time to acknowledge that and share it with another person. Now, Journaling about it can be a really rewarding exercise too because then you can look back on those days where maybe you have a day where you're not feeling so great. You can look back in a journal where you've actually written it down and remember those things that you might not be recalling in the moment because life can give us different hurdles. It can give us different challenges. It can give us curveballs that we weren't necessarily prepared for. And it's not even a question really of if it will happen. It really is a matter of when it will happen. It is unreasonable to expect that something like that is not going to happen in your life. So as prepared as you possibly can be for those times, the better equipped you'll be to handle those situations in general. When it comes to comparing yourself to another person, which can be really, really negative when you're in a period of depression and be like, you know, I think some of the things that I hear peers talk about or even, um, you know, people that are younger or older than me is that, 
oh, I don't know what kind of job I'm going to have. I don't know, you know, what's next in my life. I don't know what I'm going to do about these kids. I don't know how I'm going to parent. I don't know what's going to work for me. Any varying degree of some kind of question along those lines, it's like people feel very uncertain about different things. And I think we live in a world that has so many different options and we see so many people that we could compare ourselves to that seemingly have it all together, right? But the end of the day, it's like nobody has it all together. And to a certain extent, if people are giving that perceived image, it really is a bit too good to be true. I personally don't always trust that. I really appreciate people's authenticity when they share different really... um authentic parts of their life and I personally value authenticity far more over them perfection you know I've gone into this on other episodes even when I did the episode discussing the pursuit of purity and perfection and how it is just such a waste of time oftentimes that can lead towards a spiraling of depression more so than it can lead to anything good So do try to catch yourself. Now, when it comes to different statistics, one in five college students are said to deal with anxiety and depression. Now, for me personally in my life, that's when I started to kind of experience a little bit of those emotions of what I equated to be depression at that time. And unfortunately, the reason why we do need to be concerned about these statistics is that the second cause of death is suicide in college. And this is about a thousand students nationally end up taking their lives on an annual basis because of the stress. And 80 to 90 percent of those students had no resources available to them. I know at my college, I did have the ability to talk with a therapist about whatever I was dealing with. And at the time, that was really, really helpful. It doesn't work for everybody. And I don't think it's necessary for every time in your life to find that as a solution. I think that there are a lot of different answers for people. But I think at the very least, having those resources available can be really helpful for those who it can help. But I think other things as far as especially coming back to meditation, um, being able to reach out for help in general to different types of services, you know, choosing different activities to get involved with on campus, even just having the ability to switch your mind, to check in with yourself, change those thoughts, because we don't have control over the thoughts in our mind but we have ability to have influence over them. You know, life isn't going to be perfect all the time. And so what? You can shift your mindset. And that is a huge strength to be able to do that. It's not always the easiest thing to do when you're in the pit of a depression or you're in the the turmoil of, you know, some anxiety coming on. To be able to shift your mindset and be like, okay, I'm worried about this and that and the other and be like, you know what? When I look back on the past, I've been in situations similar to this and I've always gotten through it. That's an important time to look back on the past 
Because I feel like when it comes to depression and anxiety, being too far in the past and too far in the future can be contributing factors to that. But if you're going to think about the past at all, think about the good times that you've had. Also think about the negative times that the universe, you, God, whatever you believe in, has brought you through. And you've been okay. And know that whatever you're dealing with right now, you'll be able to get through that. And it's just going to take a little bit of time and you don't have control over it, but you can practice having influence over your thoughts and emotions rather than letting them have more influence over you. Sometimes that's just checking in with yourself, doing your best to get to the root of that problem, finding whatever solution you can, taking a deep breath, grounding yourself picking five things around you that are a particular color, doing anything to not let your mind spiral. Reach out for help for someone who can help you. But remember that you have been brought through those difficult times in your life and whatever you're dealing with at that moment, you can get through that too. And that can be a really important thing to remind you know, friends or family members or people in your life that you know that are going through a difficult time to remind them of that as well. Now, when it comes to creating an emotional spectrum and being able to navigate an emotional spectrum, when I talk about this, you want to think about a spectrum as like almost like a sliding scale sideways as well as up and down. And On one side, it might be positive emotions. Let's say on the right side, it's positive emotions and like more kind of along the lines of happiness. And on the left-hand side, it's more maybe negative emotions or feelings of sadness. And when we look down at the end of that left side of the spectrum, if we go up, that might be high level of anxiety. And if we go down, like if we're going not necessarily horizontal, but longitudinal up and down at the base of that would be depression so there might be a lot of different you know types of feelings along that spectrum and when we go back to that right side of the happy feelings at the height of it it might be really elated super expressive explosive smiling laughing happiness and at the base of it you know down towards maybe where depression would be on the other end where the sadness is might be a really calm meditative state so between those along that spectrum there's a lot of different emotions that can be felt it's important to know when you're at a specific uh, place on that spectrum how you can either pull yourself out of it how you can get back to feeling more of a balanced state of being So if you are in a depressive state, can you start including different breathing exercises that get your body activated that, you know, maybe start, even if it helps to just jump around a little bit, start shaking different parts of your body, waking yourself up, putting on some music and just getting yourself out of that mind state without necessarily using drugs, alcohol, negative habits, negative substances, because that can make it worse. And you develop different addictions and different negative habits as a result of that. 
that can be a way to transition out of that headspace into a more positive place. And if you're feeling a high level of anxiety, what you can do as far as breathing exercises to calm yourself down and maybe travel down or up or down the spectrum or right or left along the spectrum to get to a place of more calm balance. Maybe that involves listening to sound healing music. Maybe that involves literally turning your phone off, setting it aside to charge, going outside, looking in nature, spending 10 minutes just looking around, taking some deep breaths, and then seeing how you feel from there. Maybe you'll want to do a little bit of yoga practice. Maybe you'll want to go for a walk or a run or do some type of exercise. Maybe you'll want to call or talk with a friend. Maybe you'll just take some time to get off technology completely and take some time to journal, read a book, organize something, add some structure into your life, make a plan for a vacation you want to go on in the future or even soon. Take some time to just daydream if you need to about something positive. Share love with somebody or even a pet that you have. Create some art or doodle or something or reach out to somebody else and see how they're doing. And then maybe if they ask you how you're doing, maybe broach that you're you're kind of feeling a little bit off. And maybe use that as an opportunity to not stigmatize yourself for feeling any which way but really get to the root of whatever the issue is. You know, we don't have to deal with these issues on our own all the time. I feel like some people are just like, oh, unless you have everything together, you're just not good enough. Or some thought along those lines. And that's not the case. We don't have to carry everything on our own shoulders all the time. We can share the load with people that we care about and that care about us. Because there are some people that are stronger or weaker in certain ways other than us and we have to be there to lift each other up from time to time at different stages in our life so important to check in on people around you beyond just a surface level you know some of my deepest connections that i've had with people in my life are people that are so different from me you know on a surface level don't look like me, aren't from the same area where I live. They don't, you know, on on a very surface level, don't have much in common. But beyond that, in the deep parts of getting to know a person, we're human. We're the same in that respect. We feel all these different emotions. We have these different wants and desires to want to love and be loved at the end of the day. And it's important to approach these connections with people from a place of non-judgment, to be supportive to another person, to really see how they're doing. Let them know that your presence is like an open door, that they can walk through, discuss things, talk about things, that you're not closed off to it. And that you're comfortable to go there and discuss these things. And maybe if you're not ready to do that, if it's not a goal of yours, that's totally fine. But I'm just letting you know it can be a very, very rewarding process to be able to be there and have those valuable connections in your life. Because you then know 
it gives you a totally different perspective on life and different paradigms. Like you realize like what you see on the surface level and what you see on social media is not the whole picture. It's only one thing about it. And honestly, I feel like if people who didn't really know me in my life or not super close to me, they would probably look at my life and be like, oh my gosh, like she's this, that, or the other. Like maybe her life is like so good or whatever. And I'm not saying my life is bad. I feel like I have a really amazing life and I'm very blessed. However, I really did experience some very difficult times in my life and I've been able to get through them and it was not easy. I'm not going to say it was. I'm not going to pretend that it was. I'm also not going to victimize myself for having gone through these things because I know that I'm not alone and I don't think that it was something that I was unable to get that I was not able to get through. And I believe that other people can get through it too. But we need to be there for ourselves. We need to be there for others in our community beyond social media, beyond just through technology, really being in person in real life and having those connections. It can be so incredibly rewarding and it can really help alleviate a lot of these feelings of anxiety and depression. Now, when it comes to taking the next steps as far as what you want to do for yourself, know that you're not alone. You're not a failure. You're not weak for feeling alone or depressed or anxious. These are really, really normal emotions. More people than not experience these on a day-in, day-out basis. The best thing you can do for yourself is educate yourself through different healing modalities, whatever you find interesting in your life. I know for me, there's been a host of things that have contributed to me feeling better over the years, and I've been really open-minded in my pursuits. Obviously, I work as a professional choreographer and dancer, so that's a huge part of my life. And I think when I was in my early 20s, that was a huge emotional release is just improvisation dancing i would literally do it in the most like random places (laughs) and didn't even care what other people thought i would just seriously turn on music and um go for it even if it was in a totally public place i didn't care um thankfully for me i don't really have social anxiety so that wasn't an issue (laughs) but um whether it was in a studio setting or just you know in random places i would you know, just enjoy expressing myself and letting whatever it was out because that was something I was comfortable with. Do I think that's going to work for everybody? Absolutely not. But that's what worked for me. Other things that I enjoyed including in my lifestyle was eating a plant-based diet where I knew that my digestion was going to be functioning a little bit better because in the previous years, I was having a lot of anxiety and a lot of physical pain and a lot of physical stress due to my digestion being impaired. So making that type of change worked really well for me. That may not work for everyone. And I don't think that there is any one diet that makes you immune to all health problems or all mental health problems. I don't think that there's any diet out there that cures depression that I've come across. I feel like there's a lot of different factors that contribute to someone feeling an overall sense, an overall sense of well-being. 
other things that I included into my practice were things like sound healing. I'm very sensitive to sound and it really informs my creativity. So that was something that worked really well for me. I did group sessions of Tibetan sound healing with different, you know, instruments, didgeridoos, gongs, dulcimers, bells, um, singing bowls, all types of stuff. And that was in a group setting that was really rewarding for me. Again, um, pursuing therapy for a period of time was really helpful to me. That may not be helpful for everybody. Learning about um, cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavioral therapy and the different processes that are involved in that was really helpful. Getting out and talking to my friends about things that I was going through in my life was really helpful. Limiting my amount of time that I spend on social media, shutting off my Facebook because I just decided I didn't want to use it anymore. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things. Getting out and spending time in nature, practicing yoga and meditation, spending time with people that I really care about, reading different spiritual texts and finding solace in that and connecting in a spiritual way to other people. Not even necessarily in a religious way, but in a spiritual way to other people. There's a lot of different things that can help. So find what works for you. There are a lot of different solutions. Take time to find ways that will help you calm down, not necessarily distract from whatever pain or anxiety you're dealing with. Really deal with the abuse, deal with the trauma, deal with the different pain that you've been put through in your life or that you've experienced in your life. Take whatever measure you can to not victimize yourself or keep yourself down. Realize that whatever you're dealing with, it will pass. You will get through it, and it may take a different amount of time than you think it will. It may look a little bit different than what you think it should look like, but it doesn't mean that your process is wrong, that it's damaged, you're capable of getting through whatever you're going through right now. And even though you may not see it, believe it and feel it and and pray on it, whatever you need to do. Know that you're not alone. You're not the only person dealing with depression and anxiety. And honor your unique struggle. It's okay to feel the feelings that you're feeling. Don't try to push it down with anything Allow yourself to feel them. Allow yourself to cry if you need to. Express it out. Process it in whatever way you need to. And don't judge yourself at the end of the day. Because you are not anxiety. You are not depression. You are capable of getting through these challenges in your life. And you'll be able to be strong enough one day to look back on it and realize that was just a portion of your life and hopefully be stronger for going through the different things that you did and be able to help other people get through them with a different degree of ease as well. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. 
If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. 